Episode number 45. The sound you just heard was from this date in history. A day we probably should celebrate a lot more. I don't know why we don't. I really have no idea why we don't celebrate it a lot more. It should, I don't know if it should be a holiday. Some kind of recognition, I feel like, should be associated with Neil Armstrong stepping foot on the moon, Apollo 11's mission to the moon, taking off from Kennedy Space Center in Florida, going 250,000 miles through space, Neil and Buzz Aldrin piloting down the lunar module, landing on the moon, proceeding to get dressed in their spacesuits, and stepping on the moon the first time a human being has stepped foot on a, another body in space, it's not a planet, other than Earth, and then returning safely back to home. So I feel like it should get, definitely get talked a lot, talked more, talked a lot about more. Uh, I know people say like we don't go to the moon, we've never been there, the moon's fake, yada, yada, yada. But listen, there's way too many people involved for that thing to be fake. And it's just a historical feat. It's a monumental technological feat that we haven't been able to do. There's nothing cooler than what doing that. And I wish I was alive for it when it happened because I can only imagine what the streets were like. Times Square was packed with people. It's on every channel, like literally broadcasting it everywhere. It was insane. Insanity back then. So we're going to talk about that. Moonwalk. 
the whole thing, how it got started, how we got there, um, and where we've been since the historical moonwalk of Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin on July 20th, 1969. So before we get into all that, we got to start with the formation of NASA and the subsequent subsequent space race associated with it. So NASA, the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, established by Dwight D. Eisenhower, Ike, on July 29th, 1958, as a response to the Soviet Union's advances in space exploration. The launch of Sputnik, the world's first artificial satellite by the Soviet Union in 1957, marked the beginning of the space race. NASA's initial projects were unmanned missions that primarily sought to place a satellite in Earth orbit and study the Earth and space from above. Project Mercury was NASA's first major undertaking aimed at understanding whether humans could survive and function in space. Fast forward a few years, we get to the the Apollo program. Now, the Apollo program, announced by John F. Kennedy, JFK, on May 25th, 1961, was a response to the Soviet Union's significant early achievements in space, including sending the first human, Yuri Gargarin, into space on April 12th, 1961. President Kennedy set a bold and ambitious goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to Earth. The Apollo program was a huge project that required significant innovation and development in space technology, life support systems, and flight hardware. The program also saw its fair share of tragedies, notably the Apollo 1 fire in 1967 during a ground test, which resulted in the death of three astronauts, Gus Grissom, Ed White, and Roger Chaffee. So, fast forward, because Apollo, from Apollo 1 to Apollo 11, the missions in between were all, some of them were ground tests, some of them were just launching taking off and coming back. Apollo 9 went to the moon, circled around it, decided to come back without landing. Same thing with Apollo 10. It was just test test missions to see if we can get out there and get back without, um, without a hitch, basically. So Apollo 11 launched by a Saturn V rocket from Kennedy Space Center on Merritt Island, Florida on July 16th, 1969. The crew consisted of three astronauts, Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and Michael Collins. Once in lunar orbit, the lunar module, also known as Eagle, separated from the command module for descent to the lunar surface. On July 20th, 1969, the Eagle, with Armstrong and Aldrin aboard, landed on the moon in the Sea of Tranquility. Armstrong famously radioed Houston Tranquility... Got a little choked up there. (laughs) Houston Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. This signaled the the successful completion of a risky descent. Now the historic moonwalk, which what we just heard. Neil Armstrong became the first human to step onto the lunar surface on July 20th, 1969, followed by Buzz Aldrin. Armstrong's first words after setting foot on the surface were, that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. During their EVA, or extravehicular activity, going outside, the astronauts planted the American flag, set up experiments, and collected moon rocks. Their time on the surface was limited due to life support system constraints, so after spending two and a half hours outside the spacecraft and approximately 21 and a half hours on the lunar surface, they lifted off from the moon to rendezvous and dock with the command mod piloted by Michael Collins. Now the return to Earth. After after rejoining the command module, the astronauts discarded the lunar module and began their return journey to Earth, splashing down in the Pacific Ocean on July 24th, 1969. The astronauts were immediately quarantined to ensure that no lunar pathogens had returned with them. 
After a period of isolation, they were declared safe, and a series of parades and public appearances followed soon after. The successful Apollo 11 mission effectively won the space race for the United States. It marked a significant achievement for humanity and laid the groundwork for further exploration, paving the way for subsequent Apollo missions and the future human space exploration endeavors. I got the burp there. The moon landing had an enormous societal and cultural impact, inspiring generations of people to pursue careers in science and engineering, and cementing the United States' place as a leader in space exploration. So, big date, July 20th, 1969, walked on the moon for the first time. Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, Michael Collins making the trip through space to the moon, coming back safely. And what have we done since then? What what did we do with the Apollo missions? What did the Apollo missions do for our space exploration throughout for the rest of history up until now? Basically, is what I'm trying to say. I don't know why it took me forever to get that out. So, from 1969 to 1972, NASA's Apollo program continued after Apollo 11 with five more successful lunar landing missions Apollo 12, 14, 15, 16, and 17 up until 1972. Twelve astronauts in total have walked on the moon, and these missions brought back a wealth of scientific data and almost 400 kilograms of lunar samples. In 1973, we developed Skylab, NASA's first space station. The space station was visited by three manned missions, with which helped scientists understand how long-term weightlessness affects the human body. After that, we had the Apollo-Soyuz test project. This mission marked the first international human crew flight and symbolized the thong of tensions between the U.S. and the USSR during the Cold War. We also launched Viking 1 and 2. These were the first U.S. missions to land spacecraft safely on Mars and return images. They provided a wealth of data from the Martian environment and potential signs of life. Number five, the Space Shuttle program ran from 1981 to 2011. The Space Shuttle, a reusable spacecraft that could carry astronauts, satellites, and scientific instruments into space, was a significant step forward. The program included notable missions like the launch and repair of the Hubble Space Telescope and the construction of the International Space Station. The Space Shuttle was badass. You could see that thing take off along the entire east coast the thing was so bright in the sky you can legit see it. i saw it from the south shore of long island it looked like a little dot just flying through the sky but it's pretty wild number six the mir space station from 1986 to 2001 the soviet union and later called russia maintained the space space station mir which hosted international astronauts and advanced long-term space flight knowledge number seven the hubble tip Hubble Space Telescope, 1990 up until the JWS, which was like a year and a half ago now. But the Hubble Space Telescope is still up there taking pictures, provided some of the most detailed images of distant galaxies, nebulae, and stars, significantly contributing to astrophysics. Number eight, the International Space Station, launched in 1998 and still flying today. It's a collaborative project among multiple national space agencies, serves as a home where crews and astronauts live and work. The ISS serves as a base for exploration of the moon, Mars, and astronomical observations and medical and biological research. Pretty much it's just a lab, a big-ass living habitat with a lab in space. I think Mark Kelly was up there for like two years years or some shit man it was wild and then we have the mars rovers 1997 until now they success nasa successfully landed five rovers on mars sojourner spirit opportunity curiosity and perseverance these rovers have greatly increased our understanding of the red planet the new horizons pluto flyby in 2015 this mission returned the first close-up images of pluto and its moons providing critical data about the objects in the kuiper belt Space exploration and NASA also helped launch commercial crew programs like SpaceX, Boeing, Blue Origin, Virgin Galactic, 
and others in a pursuit to transport astronauts to the ISS. SpaceX's SpaceX's Crew Dragon spacecraft has already begun regularly ferrying astronauts to the ISS, marking a new era in commercial spaceflight. And then we also, to finish off here, the Mars mission, where we landed the rover on Mars, like I said earlier, is planned to take samples and launch back off Mars and fly back home with these samples. So we'll have actual samples, not just Brady's going wild as bear. We'll have um, samples from Mars in hand. We can actually touch them, not just analyze them on the planet, on the rover. We're actually going to have them on Earth if all goes well. We'll see how that goes. You never know with this kind of shit. And then in the future, we have the Artemis program, which I think got kicked back to like 2026 now. But it's NASA's next initiative to return humans to the moon where they'll... They're set to live. They're going to have a habitat on the moon so they can live and stay there, like a permanent station on the moon, and use that as a launch pad to go to Mars, which would significantly cut down the time. Maybe not significantly, but cut it down enough because going to the moon or going to Mars takes God knows how long, especially when it's outside of the orbit and all this astrophysics shit that I can't get into because I don't know enough about it. That's for another day. But without the start of NASA in 1958 and then actually succeeding in landing a man on the moon, none of this could be really possible. So shout out to Neil Armstrong and the scientists working in the background to make all this stuff happen. I feel like space and space exploration, not just taking pictures with like the James Webb's space telescope and all that stuff, actual space exploration where people are going into space, the final frontier and pushing the limits because you can't live in space. Like if you get, you spring a leak, it's all over. You lose power and you're heading in the wrong direction. It's over. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not like you can just turn around and come home. So I feel like exploring space and having explorers do it is something we can all get behind and it kind of rallies people behind like a common goal to succeed. And it also just sparks curiosity in a lot of things. Like say we get to Mars and they're like, yeah, we analyzed the planet, said we can't breathe here, but I'm here now and I can breathe fine. You know, maybe it's just some shit we don't even know yet because we're taking it from pictures and fucking rovers and shit. So just the curiosity that comes along with it space exploration is always fun so again shout out to neil armstrong buzz aldrin michael collins for making that trek across the void to the moon and back safely because if that would have failed this whole thing i don't think we're we'd be where we are today in, sp- in space without if something did go wrong so let's give it up to those three astronauts and nasa for making this all happen So with that being said, I know this was kind of a different episode. Still going to be episode 45 on your Spotify, Apple, Substack, YouTube, TikTok, wherever you get your podcasts from. Still going to be episode 45, but we're going to leave you with JFK's speech about going to the moon and the motivation it took to get us to the moon. So with no further ado, as they say, here's your boy JFK. challenge in a decade of hope and fear in an age of both knowledge and ignorance the greater our knowledge increases the greater our ignorance unfolds no man can fully grasp how far and how fast we have come but condense if you will the 50,000 years of man's recorded history in a time span of but a half a century stated in these terms we know very little about the first 40 years Except at the end of them, advanced man had learned to use the skins of animals to cover them. Then about 10 years ago, under this standard, 
man emerged from his caves to construct other kinds of shelter. Only five years ago, man learned to write and use a cart with wheels. Christianity began less than two years ago. The printing press came this year. And then less than two months ago, during this whole 50-year span of human history, the steam engine provided a new source of power. Newton explored the meaning of gravity. Last month, electric lights and telephones and automobiles and airplanes became available. Only last week did we develop penicillin and television and nuclear power. This is a breathtaking pace. And such a pace cannot help but create new ills as it dispels old. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. If this capsule history of our progress teaches us anything, it is that man in his quest for knowledge and progress is determined and cannot be deterred. We shall send to the moon 240,000 miles away, a giant rocket more than 300 feet tall on an untried mission to an unknown celestial body and then return it safely to Earth. But why, some say, the moon? Why choose this as our goal? And they may well ask, why climb the highest mountain? Why, 35 years ago, fly the Atlantic? We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept one we are unwilling to postpone and therefore as we set sail we ask god's blessing on the most hazardous and dangerous and greatest adventure on which man has ever embarked <laughs>